Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to our final episode of the show before it is Christmas. This is Comic Book Nation. I am your host, Kobe Outlaw. And that muted response from my uh, Grinch co-hosts over here, Janelle Wheeler and Matt. Kobe was waiting. He was waiting for us to sing a Christmas carol. It was the first time we let him down with the singing, Matt. I know. I'm like, it's Christmas. Like, I never go enthusiastic. And you guys are like, better watch out. Better not cry. There it is. Matt. I, I have I'm, what 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 I can't be blamed. Yo, you better hit some Mariah Carey notes right now. I don't better know not bad. I'm telling you why. There you go. Santa Claus is And that's what we do for holiday spirit here at this podcast. No wonder we have a cynical <laughs> reputation. But welcome to Comic Book Nation. <laughs> The official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Atwell. Janelle Wheeler, Matthew Aguilar are with me. Today, guys, we are going to bend our minds and get back into the Matrix. The Matrix Resurrections is out. And uh, originally, we were going to do like a whole episode about this, but uh, we got some other stuff we got to cover. And so we're going to do that stuff as well and just kind of pack it all into one show here. But in addition to the Matrix, we got to talk about that Hawkeye finale. Yeah. New comic books. But first, up right at the top, Right before we came on, this new Uncharted movie trailer dropped. And so <laughs> this hits kind of a lot of stuff because it hits Tom Holland, post-Spider-Man stuff now that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is out. It hits gaming stuff, which is always part of Matt's agenda. And of course, it hits big movie stuff, which is always part of our agenda. So here we go, guys. Uncharted movie cha- trailer. What did you think about this second version? Because I think we were all... Huh. We were kind of okay about the first one, but we were still having not. trouble buying Holland as like Nathan Drake and, you know, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. And this trailer does make some efforts to correct that, correct? Why didn't they start with this trailer? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly they, how I feel. I think you have to, you know, you have to stumble out and then you got to get to the focus group good, and see what the what the Twitters God. and the YouTubes are saying. And then you got to like make a better trailer. It's like night and day. It's like night yeah. and day. This trailer is so much better. I'm not saying this is going to be a like epic Uncharted movie, but good Lord, I would have felt a hell of a lot better coming out of that first trailer if this is what I had. I mean, Tom Holland actually kind of feels like Nathan Drake in spots. And I'm I mean, kind of. Kind of. He's never going <laughs> to look. The, the casting it is a wrong I'm, casting. I'm never going to get quintessential Nathan Drake from mm-hmm. this vision, which is okay. I've made peace with that. 
<laughs> yep. never going to get that, right? So yeah. just going off what they're trying to do, which is very much an origin story, beginning of, you know, beginning of his career and then Sully kind of leading him. And we even get the mustache thing towards the end, right? Like they're going to move into that direction. Okay. Oh, that was our big finish. The mustache. The mustache, right? <laughs> but like there are parts when like Holland is like the swinging from the chandelier part, right? Where he's like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like all those little asides he's making. That's Nathan Drake. So yeah. if I can at least get that for 50% of this movie. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> like, to okay. remember which one was at the top of Spider-Man. Like which one did they play in the theaters? Which trailer? I'm trying to recall because I I know I saw a trailer because I had to explain to my dad that it was a video game. But I, I could I was, think I don't think it was the new one. one. It wasn't was it? this one then. Yeah, it was. The, I don't was think the so. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was the first one they showed. Okay. Um, yeah, because I just went and saw Spider Man again on Monday. They showed the first one with okay. him in the cars, hitting him in the face. And yeah. Out of the plane and yes. doing that whole nine. Yeah, so that's the first trailer. And my dad was impressed with that. Uh, he was really excited about the action. And that is someone obviously there's no affiliation, knows nothing about the video game. So it's good to see that, like, you know, a normal consumer of, of non video game products can kind of get hyped about it. Yeah. All right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Test subject. Pop yeah. a wheeler. Boom. <laughs> I mean, no lie. I mean, when I ever say I've done focus groups, that's all I'm talking about is I talk to people who like are my family and don't yeah. like me or just <laughs> are like friends who don't care about what I do. And if they care, I'm like, I've talked to some people and I got <laughs> feedback and I know streets are talking but uh i mean so that's how the sauce is made boom so um yeah i mean this chart i mean i think the tone of this one felt less more comfortable like here's the movie we made and like we're, we're cool with that and less like oh my god we want you to like us uncharted fans which felt like the first one so i don't but know i'm really like curiously that. hopeful what's that but like but like it wasn't that no like, i know they didn't that do first it. trailer was like terrible for uncharted fans oh i know but yeah. it, it was because like trying too hard right yeah. like they okay. threw like so much in they tried to hit like all the beats they thought you wanted to see right like, oh. so mm -hmm. this one like i said just felt more natural like here's yeah. the actual movie they made and this is what it's gonna feel like more so i'm curiously optimistic about uncharted <laughs> like I, I always get Question funny mark? saying yeah but <laughs> well, i always feel funny saying these kinds of words because you know I feel like it'd come back to bite me, but right now I am curiously optimistic about uh about Uncharted. All right. I'll give yeah, it I mean the action alone is is exciting. Like if you're an action movie fan, a couple of those sequences just from the trailers are really cool and I want to see them. So yeah. all right. So <laughs> that's it. Uncharted. We do not hate it. Good. <laughs> Moving right along. Are they gonna put that yeah. on their commercials? Yeah. Comic book says Uncharted. We do not hate don't it. Don't hate it. <laughs> I might, <laughs> Comic Book Nation says, I might actually do it. I might actually <laughs> see it. Um, moving right along. So, main topic today, The Matrix. <laughs> we don't have money for the actual music, so that's all I got. Um, yeah. So, quick story. I feel like sometimes it's it's good to kind of like give context to these discussions. Uh, the Matrix was oh the movie that really <laughs> changed things for me. Um, it was the time yeah. that I kind of realized that this market, like everything we all do now here at comic book and all these other fan sites and the whole concept of a fan site, 
was kind of born, you know, I'm not going to take all the great, but born in my mind when I saw the matrix, because it was 1999. I was senior year in high school and all these movies started coming out that like, you know, everybody who looks back at film knows how crazy 99 was, but all these, especially the summer movies, it was the matrix. It was star Wars, Sixth sense, all this stuff started coming out. And then it was that point in high school you get to where like everybody had gotten into college or not knew what they were doing or not, you know, all that had been figured out. And it was just that senioritis where everybody doesn't give a F right. And all the social <laughs> circles start to collapse and you're basically people just, you know, hook up with the people they've always wanted to before they go off to college and that whole gray <laughs> area. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? So I was in ninth grade. So it was a little bit of a different experience, but it's still but, everybody goes to high school it was period. Yeah, life you know the period. Changing. yeah. This but, uh, movie was life changing. It, it made, it turned my entire, like everything around. Like I started the, questioning religion, yeah. oh, politics, <laughs> government. You're going you know, in a like, different direction. Than I'm about to. I really I did though. Say. That's what this, this movie really challenged me on an intellectual level and on like this futuristic level. And ever since then I've been the same. I've been so enticed by like the future aliens, robots, like sci-fi in general. Like I really feel like matrix is what got me into sci-fi or, or like anything like this, like technology driven. So I'm with you on that. It was life-changing for me. It's in my top five favorite movies of all time. Wow. You are really more deeper than I was. All I was going to say <laughs> was I saw the social circles of different people begin to <laughs> congregate and talk about this movie. And yeah. for the first time in movies, I had seen people sit down with each other and like talk about and debate and theorize and, and comment on. And this was all in real life, kids, like out in our high school in the cafeteria. But it, it made me realize like, you know, blockbuster movie uh, movies had turned a corner. The Matrix, as Janelle just so eloquently kind of put it, it was more than just entertainment. It made you think. It made you discuss and it began this kind of trend in entertainment where entertainment could be more serious. And that's mm -hmm. what began to influence and bleed into comic book movies. And then the later comic book movies, you know, the next wave, it was, it all kind of began with this. So Matrix was a big deal. And the sequels were in the thing of the midnight showings. And, you know, that yeah. was like crazy. One of the most hyped. I mean, it was like the Star Wars if, of, of our era for us who didn't, who love Star Wars, yeah. didn't get to grow up with that theatrical experience. The Matrix trilogy kind of was. That's cool. That's a cool way to put it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this so is the thing. <laughs> uh, time out. Stephen Bernard is in the comments yelling at us about Spider-Man spoilers. Marvel.com is putting out Spider-Man <laughs> spoilers. Take your comment to marvel.com and say, hey, marvel.com, <laughs> stop <laughs> posting Spider-Man spoilers. Then come back here and talk to us, okay? Because we wait for when Marvel takes the lead. When Marvel's posting articles saying, Tom Holland talks about everybody he was in Spider-Man with, that's no longer a spoiler blanket. Spoiler! According to Marvel. <laughs> what is what is that so time? Steven, like, what do you guys... Steven, go find Kevin... <laughs> Talk to Kevin. Come back here. Merry Christmas. Let's get I, back to what we're talking about. I feel about like it's different for every person. I feel like you've talked to Well, everybody. I mean, for comic book, I feel like comic book really does a good job, like, holding back until something hits, you know? We literally wait till Marvel. Okay. Marvel starts saying, okay, we're going to talk or about Or whatever studio, yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. dealing with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But, it, I mean, in this case, yeah. So I'm kind of proud of you guys because the fact that, like, BD wasn't just going ham. He's just trying to type all these, like, cryptic tweets. And I was like, let me know when it's time to mute you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we try to preserve it for fans. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if you're yeah. on the internet, like, 
this this long after Spider-Man No Way Home came out, like, I don't know what to tell you. I avoided spoilers, and I'm on a comic book podcast. Yeah, so. I avoided spoilers, and I do this for a living. That's impressive. And I watched oh, man, it, like, like yeah. two days ago. I did my job and still like, right, We gotta get back to Matrix. Yeah, let's get back, get back to Matrix. Matrix. No more Spider-Man spoiler talk. Don't bring that. Take that to the Marvel podcast, okay? All right, Matrix, go. <laughs> Get flash forward to here. Coming back and bringing the Matrix back is obviously a big risk and like a big kind of deal to try to do. Um, but and obviously the world has been through significant changes and even the people involved with the Matrix have been through significant changes. Uh, mm -hmm. And so now we come back to the Matrix Resurrections and... It's a daunting task, right? Like, how do you do this movie, which they teased was going to be very much kind of a callback to the first one and doing a lot of stuff with the first one without getting, like, repetitive and, and dull. And, man, Lana Wachowski. <laughs> Lana Wachowski just dives into this, and it, to say she has fun with it is an understatement. Um, this movie is probably one of the most, like, outside of a Charlie Kaufman movie, this movie is... Which and I feel like Charlie Kaufman could have like stepped in and written part of the Matrix Resurrections, uh, and we'll get to that. But um, yeah, it, it is the first part of this movie and the second part of this movie are are very different experiences, at least for me. But the first part of it is not at all what I think anybody was expecting, and is probably going to be one of the more divisive things we probably talk about or hear about in movies this year, and it's. But I, at first, was like, what is this? Because I sat down to watch this with my brother, and we both were like, what is this? Like, what is happening in this movie? But then when it kind of clicks and gets going, I was like, okay, okay. And then when I ended the movie, because it's on HBO Max, I could see it again. I would just would stream it again, and I watched the first part again, and I actually enjoyed it a lot more. So even though I don't think it is as good in quality as the first trilogy. I think the action and some of the filming is a little rough in spots. But again, I also wonder how much of that has to do with the COVID thing, because I feel right. like there's a lot of COVID-itis in this movie, particularly, where you can see like, okay, we were filming and stuff was cool. Then we were filming and stuff wasn't cool. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of that. Um, but I think at the end result is I would watch more Matrix after this and that is always the key end question, right? Like, would you mm -hmm. watch more after this? And for me, I'm going to say like, yeah, I would watch what was going, like more of this. And Brett Dalton, Brett, Brett in the comments is like, yeah, the first hour you're trying to figure out what's going on. But yeah, that's what you had to do in the first Matrix. Right. And, I and, think, and they yeah. even make a joke at, in this movie about how do you re-deliver re that experience to the audience knowing that they know already that the Matrix franchise exists and what it is. Like, and it's, a whole okay see yeah, that's why meta. that's why i loved this so much i love this movie yeah, me too. <laughs> I, from like the the first part i really enjoyed uh me it too, is but super we're gamers meta. and i wonder right. if like it just appeals to us a little bit more but, but i was like but that's well, key and i think we need to talk is, about that because yeah. that's one thing this movie does smartly it addresses the fact that the entire culture has changed Mm -hmm. Back when the Matrix came out, it was like Gen Xers in their like basement with their crazy <laughs> Mac DOS computers. Those were like hackers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like now you're talking about an entire world where 
and they even incorporate this in the movie. We're like streaming and window and window streaming or yeah. like even hologram crap like is all part of the culture. And like yeah. a new generation of hackers is they're familiar with stuff that's completely right. you know different in this universe, but also a reflection of you know how our culture has moved. Like on. when they start from well, okay. Are we spoilers? Non-spoilers, by the way, before I I think we're just getting point. like some loose thoughts in and then we're gonna go spoilers. Okay. So the you know, when they start with that premise, like this is the core premise without going too far into it, of like that gaming is so centric to this idea and the way is that I already and Janelle's right. I people who are already predisposed to, to gaming and, and ideas and in that space are immediately like at home and you don't have to do a bunch of like when he's got the, you know, there's like a certain part, like when you kind of that opening intro sequence. to. Hey, we don't have the time for it. Hey, uh, let's just go full spoilers. I don't know. Is it hard to dance around that? Can I just say like one full spoilers? Nick, put on your headphones. Nick Floyd, our (laughs) producer, our guest producer today has not seen the matrix and he's really looking forward to it for the holidays. So we want him to put on his earmuffs right now because this is our christmas present to him we are not going to ruin this movie for you okay so it is because it's <laughs> super hard to dance around that and not actually say stuff okay so when the opening sequence of like neo or you know still thomas anderson at this point is looking at the screens and he has like he's doing all the building of the game and then he has like the separate screen where like all that code is and he's like you automatically have a language like janelle's right like that language is very easy to understand for a segment of people and when you start diving into the meta stuff it was very easy to understand like the way they delivered this whole this was a video game that you made about your life and you wrote (laughs) and all these ideas are you and you're seeing all the flashbacks it is very much cut like a video game in that respect we've how many times have we seen the trope of like someone losing their memories and having to recover everything right all that story Mm -hmm. is built into this i thought that was a genius way of yes commenting on everything but also just delivering it in a way that like a new generation of people is going to quickly understand so we can get to all the good stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah. easier to process that way i don't know did you feel that and way even now? showing like the flicks from the first like little clips right. from the first trilogy and like the way that. it's cut yeah, yeah. so i don't know that for me i was in like and I understood what we were talking about, and I liked all the plays on that, like the meetings between them all when they're mm-hmm. talking about the ideas. Yeah. And they, are it, so good, right? And they let you know that that is the meta trick because I mean they include that as the post credit scene, right? Like <laughs> mm-hmm. they go, they don't do anything about the Matrix or some big reveal. They just go back to the gaming guys and and all that stuff, right? I think it gets a little on the nose though when they start dropping Warner Brothers' name in there, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, they're making us make a new Matrix, and I was like, okay, guys, all right, and I was like, I settle was down there, kitty cat, yeah. like, come on, like, thought, we're getting yeah. a little, we're getting a little cat but here. I, and I also on. agree with Kofi on like the, I guess my biggest, well, okay, two things. My biggest nitpick is actually probably the action. Someone mentioned in the comments, like, no mm. guns for Neo. <laughs> that's well, that's true. also, I mean, and but that's oh, also kind of a thing. God, There's a lot that The Matrix is holds itself accountable for. Right. Like, right. Keanu Reeves has moved on to a new place, and he's like, I don't want to be shooting up people and, like, doing that. Like, that's not me anymore. That so doesn't even need thing. to, going no. with the theory of Yeah, the exactly, movie. of the movie. <laughs> and yeah. Carrie Ann, and, like, just repositioning Carrie Ann Moss's character as more than just, you know, female sidekick to Neo, because she yeah. was and commenting and on the joke of that's what her like life is it's just 
it's kind of a meta joke about how the franchise took this character who was supposed to be this badass hacker, independent woman. Yeah. And it was still made in a time where she had to become like girlfriend of Neo, yeah. like dies, props up male character and like do that. And now things are very different, right? Mm-hmm. Like now in the end, she's Superman and, and she is equal to him in the power in, you know, they, they're both the one. And this is a commentary on the evolution of where we are in storytelling in Blockbuster. I mean, this is a very meta movie. And once you kind of, get that part of it. it 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 is a lot of fun but once you get out of this initial and that sequence like i said a charlie kaufman movie that i think it really did for me and i was redeeming that whole sequence to white rabbit is so great with keanu and the pills and yeah. it being like requiem for a dream or something like that which just him taking the pills and going through daily life it was a little cynical i mean lana wachowski's a little too cynical for me and about how she views us in modern society because but I mean, if you're the ma- maker of the Matrix, you probably do feel that way. Right. You I all this religion, <laughs> thought, yeah. concern about like, what are we doing? What's technology? Where are our minds at? And then you look at today and you're just like, WTF, like everybody's in the Matrix, like regardless. And so, and, yeah, go ahead, you know. Well, we just have a few people talking in the comments and I like I love the Christmas that I love the new Matrix still can't touch the original, but it gets the franchise back on track. And I do agree with that. In that, like, the one thing I was going to say, even before we put up the spoiler, was, like, the stakes are different in this. Like, we're not saving the world. It doesn't feel like it's this, like, huge, like, saving the world. It's it's a love story. Like, it's, it's them to, we need to go back and rescue someone. It's not, we have to literally free the minds of the entire right. existence of humankind. And so, obviously, the stakes are different, but it's still super enjoyable. And then Bun says, do we need to see this in the theaters? Will it, just, will it be just as good of a, if you watch on HBO Max? I wish I saw it in the theaters. Like, I felt that it was a muted experience on a TV. Oh, man. Personally. I mean, I watched it with 4K to sound system here, and it was still pretty oh, good. Geez. But it's a Matrix. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not. I'm just I'm just stating, like, stats. For, for my <laughs> I didn't think about that. Come on, I thought you guys are talking to gamers who understand games. I understand gaming language, but I can't hear 4K. Like, I'm sitting on. here on my black and white little box. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in those kind of circumstances, it, it is good. But I, I would say theatrical experience, first and foremost. This is The Matrix. I mean, it like, was even a theatrical. the sound, like, I just feel like it would be, yeah. just be so, like, earth-shaking, like, if you I, saw it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be the outsider of the group. I, I didn't miss one bit. About watching no, but, it on HBO Max, I have, but I, have I know, a but I mean, size TV. Just, I don't have high depth. that's going like, on right now, obviously, like but it, no, it's no, a not like for question, that though. Right? Not not anything to do with that. Actually, like I actually oh. just really enjoyed. Like there wasn't anything on screen, and maybe that comes back to my central point of like as far as the action goes. I was kind of like, it, the action was good. I liked the action and the gunplay and stuff because we actually do get a lot of gunplay. It's just not Neo related, <laughs> but like okay. I just didn't like there wasn't. I, I saw some of the things. There was a little bit of that COVID haze to certain scenes. Certain explosions looked a little weird, like not like almost like they they could have used a little more time in the oven type of thing. Maybe another six okay. months to really polish that and not make it look like wire work or not make it look like this. But like the other stuff was awesome, and some of the actions really cool. Like there's a whole rooftop sequence, right, with just Neo and Trinity, and I thought that was awesome with like yeah. helicopters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But nothing on that really screamed to me like I need this on a giant screen and I need to surround it. Like I, I really enjoyed the stuff that was the meat of the movie, which is all the 
the meta stuff, all the dialogue between those and this growing, like Janelle said, this growing story between these two that is a love story, but not in the prototypical rom-com way. It's fully, <laughs> yeah. two fully developed characters. And I love rom-coms. Definitely not but, a rom-com. <laughs> but like, it's two fully developed characters mm -hmm. coming into like their ideas of who they are, where they fit into this, what the meaning for them is and all this other stuff, right? So I really like thought that was the meat of the movie. I don't need that mm -hmm. on a giant theater. Like I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah. I feel like I came away satisfied with a yeah. full experience. But my other thing I wanted to mention before was that thank you, Jessica Henwick, yeah, for turning down the MCU just for a bit. You'll get there in another one, right? And you were already technically part of it. But like, oh my God, Bugs is this was her movie, my yeah. favorite character in this whole damn movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's get to that because some of that I want to talk about the world building because um, we got to the meta part and, and how it deals with reintroducing the Matrix and Neo and on Trinity and all that stuff. But there is a definite and like I said, when you get to the second half of this movie, I really enjoyed the actual new world we find ourselves in <laughs> and the ideas that are presented there for the larger Matrix mythos. Right. So you had this idea that after the machine war, Neo changed things. Right. And so some people and some machines get. The idea like, yeah, we got to unite and work together and not be in this binary type of thinking, which, again, is a meta commentary on our society and where we were are, you know, and maybe need to start thinking. Um, and so like Niobe forms this new society, <laughs> Io, uh, and that's where like the hackers like Bugs, Jessica Henwick and, and half the cast of Sense8 are you know, like <laughs> all, you know, hold up and doing this kind of this is um, what new they thing. were doing. And it's a cool evolution of the Matrix because, which was all about, I mean, a lot of it was about the style, the aesthetic design and all that. And this new world, the outside world is now like, you know, it used to be like in the Matrix was the cool part. Outside the Matrix was like not so cool, right? And now it's like, yeah, outside the Matrix is also pretty cool. Like seeing yeah. these cool machine characters who are like awesome. Oh my God, the sentients are amazing. Yeah. The sentient, like the new Morpheus, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah Morpheus. I love Morpheus. Um, yeah, who basically... I mean, way to take that, because I rewatched the whole trilogy like in the days leading up to this. Yeah, way to take that big baby face from Matrix Revolution and actually make it into something cool and useful for this movie with all the swarming beads and all that. Um, yeah, New Morpheus and that whole kind of explanation and, and, these, and just having these kind of digital machine characters that can help you now. It, it made this team cooler and like the ideas cooler. And yeah, I thought the like new world design was my favorite part of this was getting out and seeing all these kind of things with the new machines mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Even um, the kind of on top of the world building, like just expanding on the lore with, you know, Zion and like what happened in between, but also the fact that like, I like that everything is not binary anymore. So like with the sentience introduced, right. The, they even say it at one point, like us is a different meeting. It's not us versus them. It's like whoever is kind of united in a thing. But then we also see that there was like a war between machines and sentience, mm -hmm. right? There was like a war for power when like the power levels were so low. Well, that was the that. interesting thing is like when this new idea that Neo did about kind of going to the machine world and talking to the head machine and, and fight and uniting with him to stop Smith, it was people broke from, it was the people who went for new ideas survived and the people who kind of 
didn't go for the new ideas and thought they could live in these old binary ways died off, which is a whole level of another commentary, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because Zion, you know, falls, the old machine world is kind of like in disarray and having its own problems. And it's like, IO is looking cool. Like, you know, they're growing strawberries <laughs> and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, and that was a very, like, and like I said, those are very interesting ideas that kind of m- change the entire paradigm of, of this series into something new. And, and it gives you something new to think about, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Niobe, still a badass, though. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I feel like a lot of these comments, like, uh, Valentina has a beautiful explanation. I guess the meta thing is fun, but to be honest, this movie felt short for me. Um, saying that, like, the music wasn't even that impactful, um, which is, like, something that super stood out, out about the first one. You're right. Like, I, I did feel like we were missing certain elements that would have taken it over the top and certain like action scenes or special effects that really like put the like matrix on the map, like the slow-mo bullet thing in the first film. Like we didn't have any one moment like visually that stood out. It was like, Oh my gosh, this is like just so immersive. This is so crazy. I've never seen this before. And that I do wish that they, they tried a little harder to be innovative with just one or two things that like just were so like breathtaking. And I do, I do hear that though. And you know, you don't realize things until you get into a conversation. That's you're making a you commercial like for HBO max girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I do. I, cause I agree. I think looking back on it, I don't, there's not, I think of a couple scenes that are really cool, but I, yeah, I can't think of one scene that is Neo avoiding the bullets. Yeah. As well, they're yeah. like, there's no, there's not that particular scene. Like, I love the bike chase. I actually mm-hmm. thought that, like, seeing him use his powers on the back of the bike, and she's like, I thought there's some really cool moments there. I thought actually some of the coolest uh, tech stuff was just in the real world with the sentience. I thought some of that stuff was cool, like seeing Yaya literally become beads and like form through tunnels and oh, like yeah. all that. That was really, that was really cool. I'm kind of conflicted on. Yeah, yeah, it's Morpheus. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, there are parts that work for me, and there's parts that don't. Well, and- the franchise kind of screwed itself, and there are some well, elements that comment on how this franchise got commercialized. But like, they killed him off in that canon game. They, right? they look. This movie does leave that as canon. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Still like, it, yeah, the game. So they had to do Morpheus. something about that. Um, in in retrospect, though, there are parts that I wish you know we could get like. Look, I am I'm all for continuity, but you know, there are times where I feel like if it's better for the franchise overall <laughs> to fuck it and move forward, do it. I, I don't necessarily think like whole, I know it was an event at the time, but so were a lot of things, okay? Like at one point Chumpawamba was like a huge band and was yeah. a huge <laughs> like they had a huge single. <laughs> that doesn't mean we build everything else around them for the next like 30 years. I'm just saying, like, yeah. why why can't we ignore that and bring Lawrence Fishburne back to be there's more, a, I mean Lord knows there could be a way now. Right. And yeah. and I do like the by the way, the time gaps were actually some of the most interesting things. Yeah. And by the way, no hate on Chumbawamba. I don't want like the Chumbawamba fandom to come at me. No, but I think <laughs> one of the comments I saw about this movie that was kind of like very fitting was somebody said that this is a movie where they had cast, you know, John Wick director Chad Stahelski as an actual character named Chad. Rather than have him punch up the action of this movie a little bit. 
And like, I just, I, I, I died from that one. I was hashtag dead, you know, like, but <laughs> um, it's true. I mean, yeah. Chad Stahelski is in this movie as a guy named Chad, but the action doesn't seem as strong as it could be. Um, I think there was one sequence on the train that was like, I was like, okay, that's pretty impressive. And so yeah, that was what cool. they were doing. Um, but otherwise like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, I mean, Lana Wachowski maybe needs some stunt coordination and you also don't, but again, you don't know like, what can we do now? Cause I was looking at that crowd scene at the end in the cafe and I was like, that's a lot of people. Omicron in there, is that where Delta came from? Like there are a lot of people in there. <laughs> if those are real people, there. that's a lot of people. Like you know, as so. as conflicted I was at El half Morpheus, of those the weren't people though. So. Well, that's true. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not. true. As as conflicted I was on on Morpheus, and maybe that's just because I have like Lawrence Fishburne. Like I just have that ingrained in me, right? Like just that take on the character. I actually really dug what they did with Smith. I actually was mm. fine with that. I maybe because that character never really, other than the Anderson, like other other than that, that never really resonated with me a ton. So I like, loved that agent. Like I, he hated awesome. him so much, and I was really worried that I would be pissed he wasn't there. Um, yeah. But you're right; they did a great job I with that, they, and they also cool. just yeah, no Hugo Weaving ain't coming back. So yeah, the dude from Hamilton was real good, man. Like is that was, where he's from? Yeah, he's the king. That. He's King George. Oh, man, I love that yeah. song. Okay. Yeah, he's King George. Question. Wait. Yeah, but he was good. Somebody said on Twitter, it was like, hey, this was the yassification of Agent Smith. And I was like, <laughs> that works. Yeah, but it was just good. <laughs> the gaming setup, because I love Mythic Quest, and it reminded me a lot of uh, Mythic Quest. And uh, Danny Pudi's character in Mythic Quest was, you know, he plays the business guy who has like, who's like the shark and has to do all the shark stuff for the game company um, to keep them going. And like, yeah, I was just like, this is a... Like this is a realistic Silicon Valley. Like a guy like Thomas Anderson would have this dude as his partner, and like, yeah, and that's just a great <laughs> dynamic for them as like kind of the creative and the business guy of a of yeah. this like gaming company. Like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. In that scene, and I like the scene where he remembers like he is Agent Smith, and it starts because it's sprinkling in the rain, and he's just like, wait a minute. And he's like, I know what I'm supposed to do here, and he just starts busting off shots. And I was like, Oh, okay, now we're rolling. Awesome. So that guy, I mean, if you got to have somebody step in for Hugo Weaving, he he did a good job. So yeah, not mad at that. Um, well, what did you guys something? give it out of ten? Yeah, let's wrap this up and take an ad break. But uh, yeah, let's get some final ratings out of ten. For me, I would say seven. I'd say seven okay. out of ten. Janelle, Matt. Oh, I was gonna go last. Because, I'll say why. I, because I like the world building. I like the meta, clever way they get back into this story and into this world, and it comments and makes us think about you know our world again. But I think the action was a bit of a letdown, so that's why I'm gonna take off those points and say seven. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten, but I feel a little biased for because of my love for these characters and my excitement of seeing them back on not the big screen, but a screen. <laughs> uh, my points taken off is because obviously like the music didn't really move me as much. It is more of a love story. It's not as like heady um, as I would want it to be. And, uh, and yeah, the, like not specifically action, but like just the vision, like something visually engaging, like something that just like sticks with you, even like the ripples in the side of the building or something like that. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with Janelle. I think eight for me. I think, uh, I think it's and it's honestly. I is think that frozen? Name. Is that frozen, Matt? No, <laughs> it's so it. good. Is it really? Oh but no, yeah. there you go. Just a little bean, like you were just grinning ear oh, to ear. It was, it was, it was great. Um, <laughs> he really no, agreed with me. I think eight. I think eight for me. Um, 
for the same reason, I actually think Janelle nailed it perfectly. I don't yes. think I need to add no. more to that. Like, uh, I'm on fire. You guys approve of me today. Let's get it. Yeah, no, I think she, <laughs> I, I think she said it best. Like it was for the same reasons. I, the action, like you're right. There's not like this. I don't come away with just like, man, everyone has to watch this scene. Um, mm -hmm. And that is something you felt even in Reloaded. And now I do think Re Reloaded and Revel, like I do think those last two movies are probably going to get a little, uh, you know, revisionist history as far as how good they were. Cause like there are, I like Reloaded more than most people, but I feel like for the last, you know, however many years people have been like crapping on those movies. <laughs> and like yeah, now yeah. they're going to be held up no, as like, like these reloaded. classic things. And I don't necessarily feel that way, but. I can't I can't say from each one there were scenes that like wowed me just from a technical and action standpoint. And I didn't get that in this one. So that would be my main critique. Otherwise, I was hyped. I mean, I want to see more bugs. I want to see more of this of this new world. I want sentience, like all that stuff. Like we didn't even mention mm -hmm. like half the side characters they kind of tether to and bring back uh Chopra's character who's yeah. like a tie. Like they do a lot of world building stuff, like Kofi said. So I think I'm excited for the future. Mm -hmm. All right, and no more spoilers because I got to message Nick Floyd and tell him that uh, yeah we're done talking spoilers. Right, so done. That was our that was our discussion of the Matrix Resurrections. If you want to know anything, we have NA Explain posts. We have kind of other analysis posts. We have a bunch of interviews with the cast, including Carrie Ann Moss, Keanu Reeves, Yaya. Um, I can't believe I'm Groff, Jonathan Groff, who plays Smith. Uh, yeah, we have we have a lot of Jessica Henwick. So we have a lot of good interviews with the cast. You can also watch on comicbook.com so as yeah. well. Right now, we are going to take a long overdue break, pay some bills. But when we come back, we are breaking down the Hawkeye finale and talking new comics for the week. So be sure to stay tuned for that, bro. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We are back. This is Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com, and we are diving into the Hawkeye season finale. We're going in. It's going to it's been a couple days. We're doing full spoilers. And uh, if you missed our discussion of the Matrix Revolution or Revolution's Matrix Resurrections, you can go back and uh, check that out at the beginning of the podcast. So, let's talk about ooh, man, I just saw an update. Spider-Man has earned 813.9 million in 10 days. That is crazy. Dang, I think he's about wow. to hit a barely, a barely, a barely, a barely. Wow. <laughs> oh, and wow, Joan Didion died too. So oh. a lot happening. That's crazy. Uh, man. So oh, just dropping, you're just dropping all kinds of I, I'm just this is Twitter in front of my face right now. Like you're <laughs> we should make a podcast of just us seeing Twitter and scroll in front <laughs> and of and reacting. That would be so hey, fun. Copyright Pendy, don't you steal my idea? <laughs> it'd be like That's the geek versions one. of uh, Diane Warwick, you know. Yeah. Um, so 
Hawkeye finale. First of all, I think this might be my favorite Marvel series. There it is. is wow. Yeah, Come on Disney over. Plus series of the year. So mine That's is Hawkeye, exciting. Loki, WandaVision, What If, Falcon Winter Soldier. Wow. What no, if this no, is no, no, no. Reverse that last one. Falcon Winter Soldier, What If. I was crazy for a minute there. Um, but yeah, no. But even so, even that said, I still think – I think I made a comment on phase zero because I'm always in their comments just talking about whatever they're talking about. But, and I said it was the best of the bad Marvel Disney plus finales. And that's what I say about Hawkeye. I, mm. I do think these Marvel Disney plus series are always best in their penultimate episodes. You know, the fit, you know, the one before the last one, but wow. um, of all the final battle ones, I think I enjoyed, I think I had the most fun with Hawkeyes. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of things were perfect, that Kingpin stuff, uh, all this Daredevil stuff over the last week, I'm kind of like, is this good or have I been trolled? Like, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, comics, 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 and we know Kingpin's probably coming back and all of that, but uh, it, there was a little weird, and you could tell this one was a little COVID-y. You could tell a lot of the spots, you know, were, were a little COVID-y, the way they separated this fight, the way it was just like, you know, Haley Steinfeld and Vincent D'Onofrio in an empty store. But um, yeah, the, the idea of Kingpin being like this badass who's owns everybody and is running anything again, gets beat up by Kate Bishop was a little bit like, I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me who still remembers Netflix Kingpin, but I was like, you would have been murdered, girl. Like, oh, yeah. Like, quick, yeah. fast. Like, I don't know yes. about all this. So, yeah, Disney, don't mess with our Kingpin, please. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So Jim Viscardi has entered the <laughs> producer Jim Viscardi has entered the comments. Um, I, yeah, I, to be fair, it wasn't just why Kate is he not on here? <laughs> it was Kate Bishop, a bunch like trick arrows from Hawkeye, a car that sent him through. Like there was a lot of things that yeah, there were a lot of things at and work, an explosion. But, um, like in use the wrestling term, I feel like they made him look strong, even though he lost and he barely lost. Like he was mm -hmm. owning her. Like yeah. until that happens. So like, you know, I feel I'm like just saying maybe it's just Netflix has traumatized me forever. But like, I feel like all I was saying is if this was Netflix, girl, you'd be murdered. Like right now. Yeah. You know, like, you'd be dead. <laughs> and then the rest of the series would be Hawkeye dealing with killing a little girl because that's that's what Netflix is. <laughs> okay, so, okay, um, so I see this in the comments because there have already been a couple of comments and you brought it up. So I figure this is a perfect segue because there are plenty of times. Spoilers. <laughs> In the comments, I know we already said at the beginning we're going full spoilers. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's plenty of times in the comics where like Fisk has to do stuff on his own with his own thing, and not just like I mean there have been times in the comics where he's done yeah because that's he's okay he is powerful for multiple reasons right his connections and network and all this other stuff but like how the hell do you think he got all that? It's because he could literally take people and like break them physically. Like the threat has to be real. You have to be able to back that up at some point. And he's done that many times over the years. And it feels like this kingpin is a little more tied to, you know, has his ear to the street just a little bit more than like the high in the loft Fisk we're used to mm -hmm. in the shows. I like this version more. Like I like the Fisk being able to like go out and, showcase like why he is still a threat like at some point you have to kind of do it yourself right if you're in that kind of position so i, I yes. like this like i i don't want him to always just be rapunzel <laughs> and then he only comes right. down for superheroes like no like to me that's not 
that's not a fisk i i'd like so i'm I wondering like this. if do you defend ever... the comic book outfit matt oh hell yeah it looks awesome <laughs> what are you gonna it's, it's purple it's purple and white <laughs> I wear purple all the time. I would wear white if I could have the. Yeah, wait, the, but the Hawaiian, but there was a red Hawaiian. I shirt. love the Hawaiian. Awesome. The Hawaiian shirt, like that's my next cosplay, man. Have I mean, you seen the rich boss people move. If you're in, in New York? Yeah, I was about to say if you're in New York and you're wearing that outfit, it's because you oh, get your flight. They don't out, care. You know, they yeah, they're going to the tropics. Jesus, to the, Pete Davidson doesn't have that kind of wealth and power, and he dresses like, <laughs> like who cares. <laughs> Like, yo, if you're in a position well, that, like, has that something. kind of confidence and have that kind of swag, you wear whatever the hell you want. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, that is New York, by the way. No, no I mean, that's real New York, like straight up. Um, yeah. Although I, I am one of those people who is raging that we didn't get that hawk, but that Spider-Man swing by, right? I was like, well, that tree was going down. I was like, Spidey's catching this, right? Like Spidey's going to catch this tree <laughs> and just be like, hey, there you go. And I'm out. I blame I phase zero for making that a thing. That was never, Spidey was never going to be in this show. Or, why? Like, why was that ever, just because the movie and the No, it's just Rockefeller out? Center. Everybody's living by oh Rockefeller Center now and hanging Calm out. Down. It's, like, it's the same Mephisto junk from last, <laughs> last time. No, I saw that stuff. I'm like, well, we know Mephisto's now down. in Doctor Strange, so it's okay. Man, oh, I definitely geez. thought the Mephisto was going <laughs> No, but, uh, but I mean. Definitely not Spidey. The uh, end fight, though, that was good. With the, I mean, it really made. This, I think this series has made Hawkeye's in his weapon set given a lot more respect, right? Like the arrows mm -hmm. actually had their own subplots, right? Getting more arrows, doing that, those, all those Hawkeye problems and what they can make from them. And, uh, you know, you got to respect Hawkeye's arrows after this. So good, because a lot of you needed that. You needed correction. Are you looking yeah. at me? I can't tell. You're kind I'm of just looking at the eye of the camera and everybody in the world <laughs> who didn't Leave respect me. Hawkeye. <laughs> And is now coming to this, like, oh, I love Hawkeye. No, no, Hawkeye's no. Hawkeye's been the that's man. Ever see? See that? Oh, the, you fair see, weather fans out no, there. No, see, that's the problem. I don't, I don't bandwagon jump. Oh, I was right? looking at you. I, we I know you're you know, settled down. We know you're too peppery for that. Right? I love this. <laughs> Nobody's though. accusing you of this. As as Kofi said though, this this was my. I even I think I said last time like someone would have to <laughs> have to bring Cardiac in and shoot him for this to not be my favorite series. That did not happen. Thank God. So yeah, this is my favorite hands down series. Uh, wow. Lame post credits. I I was just I didn't I don't oh, care about God. this musical. Ew. I know I was waiting. Everyone loves I thought it. he was gonna go in there and shoot them with like a net or something. Something and to make them stop. It's I don't Christmas, you cynical bastards. It's it was not a Christmas, Christmas song. It was a Christmas I didn't want it. I didn't so watch stupid. it. I just was like, Yeah, I know this is gonna be dumb. And I, I just uh, watched to see if it was like Yelena sitting there at the end. I mean, they I thought Yelena was going to come in and like punch. Be the black sitting there laughing. Or no, I thought she'd something. be sitting there laughing. She would enjoy yeah, that something. Thing. But no, it was yeah. literally just or cry. It'd have been awesome if she was sitting the there like thing. shedding a tear, like really she moved by care. it. I know, but, and a lot of people yeah. love it though, and I get it. And for yeah. them, I'm Wait, happy. People love that. that like yes, it was a Christmas gift. It was a reaction to fans who had said, "I need to see the whole like Rogers because they." Put it out and press that they the, the the people who did the musical portion said they had produced like a whole you know song sequence and a whole thing. So people heard that and were like, "Oh my god, I need it! I need it! I need it! It's going to be the next Agatha <laughs> all along." And so Not even Marvel, close. I mean, they literally 
gift wrapped it as a Christmas gift to fans yeah, and, it was, it was a, and said, here and, you go. And to those who love it, look, I, I love that you love it. Just for me, I was like, really? All the things we could get and that's, <laughs> that's what I get to watch. And to all like, of you who pushed end on your streaming like I did, you can come to our Christmas party. All right. I swear, <laughs> I kept watching it thinking there was going to be a point to it. Me I, too. I was Should like, you be okay, sticking I'll up for the musical it. theater kids in the city? I am a musical theater kid. I'm saying aren't you should be fighting for these people? It's my No, I... God. Anyway. Okay, we sound like it's always sunny right now when we're just yelling at each other. Uh, (laughs) This has been pointed out, which is they dumped all their episodes, so now all of It's Always Sunny Season 15 is out on Hulu, so you can stream it now because they dumped it in four weeks, two episodes a week, and it was great. I love this season, by the way. Quick review. So check that out. All right, let's get back to uh, Hawkeye and kind of clean this up. So Echo Series. Uh, are we ready? Alakwa Cox, I mean, did her thing. I am ready for this Echo series. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope it's hard. I mean, I hard, I hope it's like hard edged and like kind of like dark and awesome. And yeah, because yeah. the world she's been in, it seems like a pretty dark place. And like, I, I hope it gets pretty hardcore and brutal in there. And um, yeah, I want to see her. I hope Matt Murdock shows up in there too. Because I would love yeah. to see a fight between her oh, and Daredevil gosh. would be amazing. So I just need more. And if Kingpin's at the center of this, why not? And I feel like Echo is going to be a low key kind of backdoor reintroduction to Daredevil. Anyway, Probably so. that would make so, that would yeah. make a lot of sense. Yep. Um, and she was yeah she's she was a scene stealer in mm-hmm. a lot of different times throughout the series. Um, mm-hmm. You know it was. I love the ending by the way. With with her and Fe- like I I actually was like oh that's great like yeah I want to know what happens but that's the point I want to know what happens so I'm yeah. I hope they kind of save that for her uh, I just need more Yelena I need more Florence Pugh in well that's every- the next thing we're gonna go to there's a lot in this series that has set the stage so that if we want I mean in down so let's get to the last part uh, Linda Cardellini is Mockingbird okay so we did that right yeah they get sorry. the Rolex back it's Agent nineteen Agent nineteen is Bobby. Bobby is Mockingbird. So and Linda every Cardellini agent of Shield fan was in arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I saw that because I did the articles for comicbook.com about, you know, the reveal that uh Laura Barton, Clint's wife, is Mockingbird. And I forgot to mention Adrian Pat Palicki in the uh original one I wrote. And then I went on Twitter and I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I went right back to that article and was like, Yeah, here's some love for Adrian Palicki, Agents of Shield. We already yeah. had a Bobby in the MCU. Supposed to get her own spinoff too. But uh, yeah, yeah, supposed to get her own spinoff. Um, but uh, yeah, so but it's the multiverse. So she she belongs to the multiverse now. So it's all good, bro. Yeah. Multiverse bros. Multiverse bros. <laughs> um, so yeah, Bobby. So now the Mockingbird thing. So we that was like a final piece. We really have everything in place that it, that we could. Hawkeye season two could be a lot of things, right? I for one, and I tweeted this out, and it seems to be a semi popular thing. Is I need that Mockingbird in Hawkeye event series because I'm a Marvel fan and I'm also a parent and a mom and dad have to either save the world, save the family and get back in time for make dinner show. I'm all here for <laughs> And just seeing the Bartons like go out and have like little marital things while there's, you're like doing awesome spy stuff. Like I'm here for that. Me like, too. Absolutely. So yeah, let's get that made. Okay. That'd be really okay, cool. Okay. Thank you. Um, but we also have all the pieces in place to do some of that, to mix some of that classic West Coast Avengers stuff with some of the new West Coast Avengers stuff in yeah, a kind please of give the, me. Mo- the hodgepodge of, uh, of stuff that Marvel. So like the classic 
Hawkeye and Mockingbird, you know, led team that was like in the what 80s, I think, and then 80s, 90s around that era. And then, you know, the new one with Kate Bishop and Hawkeye and all that run, you know, you can, like I said, there's a hodgepodge of Avengers stuff. You're about to get America Chavez and Doctor Strange. It's so like, yeah. Oh, so good. I would Uh, love to see West Coast Avengers be be a thing because. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Duck Pond Lame says, yes, a post credit scene better than Rogers the Musical would have been Yelena, Clay, Kate, and Clint eating mac and cheese in Thank silence. You. Avengers shawarma style. That would have yes. been much better. You just saved that post credit scene. Thank you, Duck Pond Lame. Seriously, man. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just to mention, Doctor Strange 2 trailer is officially out now. So you don't have to hear our bootleg conversation it about it. Dope. Yeah, it does look dope. I am placing my bet that we don't know a lot about the villain, and that is not Strange Supreme. I don't, I'm not buying it. Strange Supreme became a hero at the end of What If, guys. Like, yeah. he decided to turn the corner and become a hero. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, if you look at the Doctor Strange poster, I think <clears> it's very <throat> telling. It shows like different slices of Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. I think there's going to be a lot more variants at play in this movie than we may think. And these two actors could be playing different variants of them own selves. So cool. And uh, Evil Strange could be one of them. Evil Strange could also be a manifestation of whatever evil entity is at the heart of all this. Because uh, people like Shumagorath, I mean, these evil demonic entities are like, their whole thing is you cannot perceive our true forms. And, you know, they appear as different things or whatever can do that. So, okay, now here's the thing I don't typically feed Jim. into Jim's, Jim's hot hands comments. However, that is not a bad one. I think it is strange supreme, but I think the trailer red herrings positioning him as a villain. And if he says that line, that can still be a line that is like, oh, things are about to get yeah, interesting. Yeah, and he could still yeah. be. Oh, that's not bad. I gotta give Jim his props. Yeah. Wow. Love Come this. On. Also, so he's so be- hot. <laughs> <laughs> Evil strange is so hot. <laughs> The brows, like evil brows. Still got that bad boy face going, huh? Love it. Yeah. Still got that bad boy face. <laughs> well, they going. took right. Winter Soldier away from me. He's all sweet now. So. Bad boys for <laughs> life. All right. <laughs> all right. Janelle, evil stranger, just break your heart, and leave you trapped in an empty dimension. But right. it'll be fun until then. I'm sure it'll be fun until then. All right. Ride that wave. But um, yeah. So that's a good, interesting theory, Jim Viscardi. That it, you know, we're going to get Strange Supreme, but it's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be a villain. So that'll be that'll be kind of interesting if he has to kind of unite with him and uh, kind of do that. But um, all right. Do we have anything else from the Hawkeye finale that you guys want to get into or dissect? I guess just like final thoughts. Like, what would you guys rank the final like episode? Oh. Because I've seen a lot of mixed reviews of people. I, like my favorite coverage site roasted this episode i went in going oh my god i love this and then i watched their video and i was almost like i was just like turned off at them i was like oh my gosh they're so like mean and <laughs> they hate it so much well, <laughs> like, you can't make everybody happy but i mean it, this is overall i mean i think no matter what you say about it you're comparing it against like the rest of hawkeye and comparing mm-hmm. the rest of hawkeye to the rest of the shows it's just like what are we really saying here? Like, how bad are we talking? Like, what's yeah. bad in this case? Um, so, like, is it as bad as the worst Falcon and Winter Soldier episode? The first one? No. No. Not nearly. So, like, Probably yeah. better than the best 
Falcon and Kevin. Is it as bad as worse as what is? No. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I would I watch all it. of Hawkeye before I watch the first WandaVision episode again. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't get it. And that's not, and that's not to crap. Like rushed. I mean, and... it, it, I mean, there's a lot of that that felt that way, but you know, this is again, like this COVID stuff, we're always going to look back at an era of this and be like, things were off. Like, okay. But yeah. saying it's rushed though, like, okay. So I think part of it is, Am I a huge fan of the six episode format? No, because I don't. It doesn't need to be Netflix long because 13 is too long. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of those shows dip in the middle, aside from Daredevil, which seems to just avoid that. But like most of the other shows (laughs) dip in the middle and then come back around at the end and are really good. Right. So there's a middle ground. And I think six is a hell of a lot closer, but could almost every single of these series use one more episode at the end to really help? finish up tying those loose ends up and feeding it to that finale i think so i think yeah i think seven is just almost probably right on that perfect spot because it I, almost every single time i have felt like man they 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 cut things off where they could probably these need to be fleshed out just a hair more to really make that finale sing right i felt that yeah. almost every single way in, in every single series so far so i think six is too short point. um but as that is the case, six is what we get, right? And so knowing that they have to finish all this stuff, I didn't feel like this was rushed. Like, I loved this episode. Um, it's probably not my favorite episode of the series still, but I still really love this as much as I loved most of the series. So I came yeah. away hyped. Uh, turns out Swordsman is, by the way, a good guy. Yeah. So Stop. He is not yeah. a bad guy. Do not talk about my failures. You said he was a bad guy. <laughs> I I think it's a waste of Tony Dalton. Personally, I, I go back to the Better Call Saul thing. He's a great villain. He's a great sinister actor. I mean, he, but his thing was being crazy, goofy. He was very Joker-esque. He was goofy, but like, and then turned crazy and murdered people. So if they just got the goofy part, <laughs> eh, okay. But a, and you didn't love it. the LARPers? They all get to be heroes. Oh, I, the I had no problem so with the right now. Fine. Duck Pond Lame, who I'm pretty sure is related to me, and Jim Viscardi, who is like, you know, the guy who signs my check. To everybody call me out. I was wrong about something. <laughs> I wasn't God even, does oh bleed. There you go. Oh, oh Here we all go. Right. So anyway, we got to move on to comics. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's go to comics. All Let's right. wrap this thing up. Oh, Christmas okay. time. Uh, a couple of quick things of news. Uh, I have been, uh, we've actually talked a lot about uh, the kind of curse of the white knight, the white knight Batman universe that DC has been putting out. So Sean Murphy, uh, they announced the next volume of this, which is actually going to take place 10 years in the future. Uh, it is called Batman beyond the white knight. And oh. as the mm. name suggests, uh, Terry McGinnis for beyond fans is going to show up in this. Uh, this kind of takes place after curse of the white knight and the recent Harley Quinn series. So, Bruce is still in prison and everything, um, but this is going to kind of draw him out. And we're going to see a lot of those characters in the GTO come back in as someone steals his suit. Hint, hint, Terry, like there's this whole kind of thing. And it's because it's 10 years in the future, we kind of really get to see this world ratcheted up further in kind of the futuristic aspects of it, which is which have always been part of the series. But like now he really gets to kind of go all in on Neil Gotham. So I am very excited that comes out. Uh, next year so i am stoked automatically one of my favorite uh one of my most anticipated uh we also got tom king's uh new batman announcement he's teaming up with david marquez i love marquez's work i love tom king batman 
Uh, this is going to be set in the past. So for people who have been keeping up with Batman, Catwoman, things like that, this is in the past. Kind is of a more classic. able to keep up with Batman, Catwoman? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a more classic heist uh, adventure thing, um, a limited series. And so uh, we're going to get to see Batman in that as well. That's also next year. And then uh, real quick, uh, Marvel announced a new uh, Jason Aaron-led Punisher series. And they are changing the logo. Wow. Which, of course, got everyone talking because that logo has been synonymous. It's a big deal. Forever. It's a big deal. It's also because that logo has also been co-opted by a lot of places, right? And there's been a lot of discussion back and forth around that logo and what it stands for. So okay. the new logo debuted. Uh, real quick, did either of you get to see the new logo? Thoughts? Oh, it, I'm not attached to the Punisher logo. I never one of those dudes. I think you're a specific type of person if you're really tight attached to that logo. We all know the types. We don't have to get too deep into this. We know the people who like to run around and punish their logos. And so I'm not too tied to it. I don't think it's really ever that essential to Frank Castle. I think you put Frank Castle in plain clothes and he's just as effective as a character. Even oh, more so in some ways. Oh my gosh, wait, I'm looking at it. Is the thing with the horns? Yeah, it's the thing with the horns. Here's the <laughs> Oh no, no. Oh no. They were like, oh, no, you no. Got well, the point, it achieves the goal, which is make something too ugly that'll never be co-opted, right? <laughs> I don't like it at all. I don't all. think that it was like a dragon. Oh, goal. Matt, you sweet, okay, naive here's the thing. boy. I don't think that was the goal. I do think, though, it was they were trying to make it very distinct and away from the other one and still somehow keep the idea and the skull idea here. Uh, this like is kind of a piece. weird cross media thing. I don't love it. But again, like in comics, I right, like a lot of times. I super don't love it. Uh, okay, so it this is the logo. <sighs> Thank you, Nick. Here, no, man, you got to throw some ninja vibes in there. It's uh, not just a no, skull anymore. Okay. It's a ninja skull. Oh, I now, like it. Here's the thing. What I will give him credit for, though, is he does, because of the way the new story works out, he is going to be working with them. And he's actually kind of like, he's forced into like working on their side. So the aesthetic, as Kofi mentioned, does fit with them he does kind of look like he belongs in there i still don't love the logo but okay it's it's weird but i understand it honestly in a year we'll probably won't be talking about it and we'll move on to other things and it'll just be the logo we'll all get used right. to it and it'll be fun yeah moving um, on all right so uh <laughs> moving into actual comic <laughs> reviews this week uh x-men the trial of magneto uh now i know we skipped an issue uh talking i think we skipped four as far as like talking about it on the show uh, but this is the finale, uh, number five of five. We finally get to find out who killed uh. Scarlet Witch and why. And uh, it's a bit mm. of a... Okay. You know, we talked about The Matrix and how, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> we talked about The Matrix and, like, the first half is kind of, like... Some people are looking at the first half as a separate thing and the second half of this thing. There's a part, a big chunk of this issue that I actually really enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed a lot of this issue. If the rest of the series had not been so, uh, what? <laughs> what's my God, you are holding back. This whole thing was trash. Okay, man. no, but Thank see, here's you. the thing. I don't feel that way. I feel <sighs> like there's parts of this I really liked. and But I don't feel like you can justify an entire five-issue series with 10 pages. I don't feel that's fair. Like, I feel that means your book is not good. Like, I feel I, that means the series uh, is not good. I but don't... Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's how, but that's how I feel. So I'm not, it, you guys are right in the sense I have not liked the series at all. 
I, uh, the in, there were some initial things in the first issue that were interesting, but like there's like ten pages of this book that I really like, but you cannot. It doesn't feel earned because well, you've spent so long just like doing everything wrong. I don't know that I I love how we get to the point of why Scarlet Witch was doing this. I don't understand why we had to go through this whole rigmarole <laughs> to get there. I, I guess maybe that's but, how. I feel. Yeah, this is uh, okay. Here's the thing. The purpose of this series is to kind of resurrect and fully rebuild Wanda as a character from all the different crap they've done yes. with her. I don't understand any of that any better, any of that past stuff. I don't understand what we've rebuilt or how with all the mystic crap they did. And <laughs> I don't even understand the outcome. I read those pages and I was just like, what? Like, I don't understand what the waiting room is, like what this matters to Krakoa and the rebirth process as I'm not even clear on any of this. Okay. So out of like five issues, I don't think I got one thing clarified out of any of this. So I agree with Jim where he says, man, I'm me and Jim are agreeing a lot today. What is going on? So Jim, <laughs> Jim said, how did they not just call this House of W? Also, Brywood says, could have just been a one shot, Wanda the Redeemer, which I actually think might not be bad. I Okay, here's the thing. I think the 20 years, or actually, sorry, the 20 million people that weren't accounted for in the original protocols because they were lost in the cracks. Some of them, like we actually see like the baby play out where like the X gene hadn't manifested yet. So Cerebro couldn't scan. Like there are things, Proud Star, like coming back was one of the people caught in that. Thunderbird we get back. That's a huge deal to like, I feel like. So that part and Wanda being necessary for that to happen, I think is really cool. And I think does, I feel like we come out of this with Wanda having some of that baggage gone. I agree with Kofi though. There are whole parts where I'm like, why did we, what, that's very confused. Like I, I can totally see it. So I like the outcome, but it doesn't feel. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm with Brywood though. Like you could have literally done like a one shot or an annual where yes. the annual could have been just resurrected Wanda starting some mystic meditation. It takes her through all that mystic crap from her past life and trying to truly rebuild her mind, achieving that and deciding what to do with the weight of everything she's done is make this, make more mutants instead of killing them off. The end. Yep. That's a great end. Oh my God. I didn't know what this was about until Kofi just said what he said. Yeah. I didn't know any, like, I didn't understand this at all. This was one was... like, that's the redemption. She killed off all the mutants. Now she brought back all these mutants. Like, okay. And, wow. And scales balance. Like, we'd have done this in an annual. And I it didn't I, need I, that many words to it. It could have been pictures, free pictures, and stuff like that. I know, Janelle. I know, Janelle, you don't issues. love X Men books anyway, necessarily, but like, but you I kind of feel Wanda. that way. I love right. Wanda. I know you love so, Wanda. And, and I, I wanted to like this. Like Janelle because now Wanda yeah. has a TV show. She's hugely popular. And they were like, we can't sit on this effed up Scarlet Witch we have in the comics anymore. Exactly. Like, we gotta, yeah. We got to get a good Wanda. But uh, that's Trial of Magneto. <laughs> you can skip it. We just <laughs> told you what happens. I, and like I, Wanda brought back all these dead mutants that have been. And now X-Men has a bunch more mutants to play with. I don't even so. know how she brought them back. I don't understand. Oh, uh, let's move on. Okay, because that'll be a whole <laughs> other show. All right, here. all right. So moving on. To Batman, <laughs> One Dark Knight, uh, in complete opposite. This is pretty easy to grasp. <laughs> they are moving from Arkham Asylum. They are moving a villain who is very lethal, and they are moving him from one Arkham Asylum to Blackgate Prison. And it is essentially the story of that happening, all the different gangs in Gotham attempting to break him free for their own various reasons, some of them his own gang, and Batman watching his kind of trying to get him from point A to point B. That is essentially what this is. This is Black Label. This is Jock. Uh, and 
it uh i i've seen a lot of like really big praise for this book i enjoyed it i wouldn't say i loved it but i i i enjoyed it for what it was which was like watching batman try and kind of you know he starts out in the plane and then ends up on the ground and it's kind of just him trying to follow this person who can feed off of electrical <laughs> stuff of any kind which gotham is filled with at night right and then essentially ends in a blackout and that's where we're going to see the next part of this adventure because this is a multi-part adventure so like i liked it i didn't love it but maybe i'm just not it's not clicking with me it did look really really i mean jock's work is really good uh yeah. what'd you guys think I think it falls into that area that we talk about often in comics in that it was the sacrificial first issue just to pull mm. off the epic twist at the end. Okay. And Brian Wood says he's not buying the next issues. I'm the complete opposite. I am so psyched for the next issues of this event series because now that we've gotten to the central, the real premise, and this was an exciting and by all accounts, this wasn't exciting. I mean, this is every one of my favorite B movies, right? B action movies. <laughs> Assault on Precinct 13, 52 Blocks with uh, Most Def and I think Bruce Willis, I think, um, which is just literally got to get from, or that uh, recent, what was that recent uh, Jason Statham movie? There's been a bunch, but just getting from point A to point B, single night, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happening. Oh, the Bill Murray movie. I can't even believe I'm blanking on that uh, movie. The heist movie that he does as the clown. Um, can't believe I'm blanking on that. That's one of my favorites. I don't know that. Uh, everybody knows that. Uh, I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, I love those kinds of stories. And this is a Batman story about that. And this is an action pack. This whole issue is just a foot chase, right? Yeah. Across Gotham and a pretty intense foot chase with a with a, an electric power villain who does something bad. And now Gotham is scary to begin with. Gotham in full True. blackout mode is is going to be crazy. So I am all about these. Uh... Ah, producer Nick Floyd for the win. Quick change by Bill Murray. Uh, mm. Bill Murray, yeah, another I one. So I think this oh one. Oh my fell god! Stop out. this podcast and go watch <laughs> Quick Change as soon as you're done. It is one of the greatest movies. Uh, Bill Murray is awesome. <laughs> Janelle, what were but, um, yeah, Janelle, I'm just please. trying to get a word in edgewise. I think it felt drawn out. I was bored. Uh, the art was pretty like oh, no. it was... that's it from Janelle Wheeler, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I know I've, I don't have very much time because I'm really where to go, but uh, it, it just it why I don't understand why DC books always feel like they need to be over 40 pages. <laughs> why can't they do what Marvel does and have shorter issues with more <laughs> action slash? Well, you're paying for the black label, you're paying for that black I know, label. But it's like, come on, like I, I felt that like some I it just felt very drawn out, like I did not need all this dialogue you know of him just like on the calm it, it just felt very over the like just too too much i was like come on i know what's happening it's a foot it's a chase like okay right i mean that's that's, that's really all well, that it yeah. was and it kind of felt like okay do something else i think comics are underappreciating those silent issues and going back to that kind of format you don't need so much dialogue you are correct yeah it could be done a lot in action and art in this one but um all right, I it guess I'm the only one high on uh, One Dark Night. I mean, sounds like <laughs> I, Lonely I, City, Catwoman Lonely City was the black label pick of the week, Matt. Yeah, Lonely, hey, look, that has been good now for two whole issues. Uh, nice. I don't choose the poll. All right. <laughs> I, I loved poll our there. poll. I liked our poll read. Thank you. Yeah, I, I no was one chooses the poll. for Venom number three. Uh, mm -hmm. So no Venom number three, uh, we're moving into, um, and... This one, I mean, we've been following this along this entire time, right? We're, we're starting to see. This was very much a Dylan-centric issue, though, so no real Eddie 
presence here at all uh though he mm -hmm. is obviously a part of the book even when he's not there um but we really get to see kind of more about the life foundation this new kind of uh version of it so to speak um we get to dive into eddie's past just because of who dylan is interacting with right he was told to kind of go and like you're you're starting to see like eddie go into his bag of people that he has he's either pissed off or whatever in the past and you know for dylan to go to and we're also kind of exploring the differences between like the symbiote what the symbiote wants and like why dylan won't bond with him and things like that so there's a lot of that interesting stuff here overall i will say this is probably my least favorite issue of the series just because it kind of yes. like we didn't really move any i don't feel like aside yeah. from that very last maybe two pages we didn't really move my, many things forward here so it kind of felt mm -hmm. like we were running in place that said i did there was stuff in there that i dug what do you think Jada? Yeah, I mean, same. You said it perfectly, but it's also not 40 pages, so it's okay. <laughs> um, and But I, I'm really, really a big fan of Venom. Like, you guys have created this monster in me. Like, I am a big fan of Venom now. And so uh, I, I definitely, I, I'm really enjoying this whole shebang. And I understand that it's like a middle issue. The only, You know what really resonated with me this week? During Halloween, we had so many like Halloween references and comics, but like there, I, I can't believe there's not like a bunch of Christmas references in these comics that have been released hmm. like during this time. Yeah, yeah, there there was a Christmas one shot, but mm -hmm. I felt like Kofi would hurt me if that was <laughs> one of the ones I put in because it was like sixty pages, and I was like, nope, <laughs> it's gonna hurt me. <laughs> oh, I put that in that's here. okay. So I skipped it. But I agree yeah. with you. Like it doesn't. There's not a lot of like holiday cheer. That's kind surprising. Of yeah, because like you can't. Every movie, every TV show, every right. everything is Christmas. I'm surprised. Also, the poll is not rigged. Brian Wood. The poll is not How dare rigged. you, sir? It's not a poll. It's Matt's agenda. It's Matt's agenda. Don't. Do <laughs> we, if like it Janelle's was my agenda, agenda we would read like Dark Venom. Hawk and Moon Knight every week. <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Marvel. That's what we would read. <laughs> All that's comics. Right. All right, that's comics. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We got a couple things to mention. Um, I'm just going to do in our mentions. I'm just going to shout out our anime side, comic book anime. We don't represent them nearly enough over here for how much great stuff they cover. But we got new stuff out. We got uh, new trailers for Dragon Ball Super Superheroes. The new Dragon Ball Super movie has released a new trailer, and we got a bunch a look at that and a bunch of breakdowns. Well, new Attack on Titans final run is coming back, and oh, we have a new trailer for that. And, uh, yeah, a lot of breakdowns for it, too, over in our anime section. Um, plus, My Hero Academia is announced. I think we got about a year left of My Hero Academia before that's going to end. So if you haven't been jumping into that series and the manga, one of the best superhero things in anime, be sure to check that out. And we have new chapters of both Dragon Ball Super and Boruto, which all are having some exciting things happening in their kind of worlds, and even uh, my, my Hero Academia, all dropping some hot chapters. Anime side of comic book is fire right now. Be sure to go over there if you're an anime fire. fan. Check that <laughs> out because it is going down. Matt, you had some mentions before we get out of here. Uh, yeah, so got to get my hands on the uh, Marvel Zombie Zombicide uh, from Simon and Spin Masters. So hopefully that'll be hitting at some point, probably in the, in the new year when that uh, breaks. Also uh, got to check out the Jurassic Park Legacy game from uh, Funko Games as well. So hopefully that will also be coming out around the new year. And uh, plus, uh, if you're like me and uh, watched a lot of Witcher, 
uh, and you want to talk Witcher stuff, you can hit me up on the Twitter. Of course, you can also find all of our cram articles, all of our spoiler stuff, if you have watched, uh, over on comicbook.com. So don't forget to check that out. Janelle, what you got? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I just. I'm just really excited. I finally got to see Spider Man, and I did avoid spoilers until I saw it. Believe it or not. So oh, if amazing. you want to tweet at me or you want to get into the conversation, you guys know where to find me. Uh, but I'm. I finally got to see it, and yeah. if you know me. You know my favorite characters in it. You gotta I sell definitely... it to the stream. You want to hear Janelle's thoughts? Go to her stream. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> you can go to the stream. Yeah. Throw a sub in there. For every sub, <laughs> she'll talk to you about another part of Spider Man. Boom. Heck there we yeah. go. Otherwise, we want to say Merry Christmas, Happy All-Around Holidays. We'll see you guys uh, one more time Merry next Christmas. week before the new year. And we might have something special for you at the end of the year. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. We might have something special for you guys before the end of the year. We might have a very special show. I'm not going to make too many promises. I hate doing that. I hate committing. Yes. But uh, yes, we might have something very special for you guys next show. So be sure to take listen to our last show of season three and of 2021 next week. Uh, for everybody who's just catching up now, all our loyal listeners, sorry, we, for scheduling reasons, you know, Friday's Christmas Eve, we got to let our video team get a little rest. Yeah, man. I say work them as if they're robots, but apparently they're not <laughs> robots yet, so we can't do that. So we wanted to give them the day off to spend with their families and friends and do whatever video they wanted. Video team rules. So we had to go a day early today, but uh, I mean, just gives you guys more time to listen to the nation. So thank you for listening in. This is Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys again next time. Peace. Merry Christmas. Christmas.